Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we are looking at some Thursday night NBA playoff action. A couple more games on the slate as the Sixers and the Celtics are back in Philly for Game 6. We got the Nuggets and Suns back in Phoenix for Game 6. And we are either going to be getting uh, some knotted up series or a couple teams moving on. So we've got some best bets in this video for you guys to check out. We also have some player props from the Thursday night slate. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along with us all playoffs long. You can also head to thelines.com. That's where we're putting up all the content we have right now. All the great picks and such on the site and where you have an, uh, the opportunity to use our odds finder tool on there which I talk to you guys about every show you can use that to have a nice little chart see all the offerings for you guys from these US sports books make sure you're getting the best odds on all the bets you want to make in this postseason uh, we did not that great on Tuesday night roughly about one in three in these best bets um, but we are still you know feeling pretty good about how we are looking at these game sixes I think there's some stuff we can talk about for sure with these teams moving to a different arena after the last game there so let's jump right into your first NBA best bet for Thursday night here, Nate. Yeah, I guess uh, we're maybe we're game early on this one, which is why on Tuesday night we did not get the over with that Nuggets parlay, but I am going to stick to it, and it's the same total, 226. And you might as well parlay it with the Suns' big guns to score, you know, book to score at least 30, KD to score at least 25, and then you're at plus 210. Uh, you can take KD to score at least 30, which is what he averages in elimination games, and then you'd be plus 300. Because, I mean, the Suns are going to need those guys to show up, obviously, uh, if this game is going to go over. That's the only reason it didn't go over is because neither of them got 30 in Denver, right? But the, the game was at least played at a 97 pace, which is faster than the first two in Denver. And <clears throat> the two games in Phoenix, like, it was just a completely different Suns offense than, than the first two games of the series. 125 points per game versus 95, a 129 rating versus 101. Uh, Book, you know, in those two games, in, in game three, let's look at first, the pace really ratcheted up to 100. Book KD, 86 points on combined 68% usage, taking nearly all the shots for the team. This is why we're, we're both in lockstep on this game is that, you know, you don't want to go back to the well too many times, but it's just so reliable that these guys are going to take a ton of shots even if Chris Paul plays, which by the way, he might try to play here, <clears throat> which I, you know, I'm, you know, a little tentative about, you know, in terms of, you know, Book's been playing so well with the ball in his hands at all times, but obviously the Suns know that they're not, they're not going to try to disrupt what he's been doing. Um, he is the engine that makes them go right now. So just look at Book and KD though, in at home in these playoffs, Book scoring 39 a game, 69% field goal shooting, a 143 offensive rating. Still pretty awesome on the road, 33 a game and, and good splits. KD, 31 and a half at home, uh, still 27 and a half on the road. So like 25 plus points. The reason we've been hammering this every single time with the Suns is because these guys have to get at least 25. Even in a loss, they get that. Um, and so, you know, I don't know if the Suns are going to be able to win this game. I do think the Nuggets... <clears throat> their offense is equally unstoppable and due for some positive regression here after, you know, pretty much just clapping back every time in that game four, which was just an absurd total. I should say, you know, they the KD and book scoring went down a little bit, but both had 12 assists because the Suns were able to just play out of the double team, uh, hit 13 threes. Both teams shot 57% in that game four. That's why you saw such a crazy total. I don't know if we're going to get all the way there here, with a little bit more on the line, but 
Denver only shot seven for 22 from three and still scored 124 points. It's like Jokic getting 53. Obviously, he's unstoppable. The two-man game is unstoppable. And they got 124 despite not getting much out of MPJ or Bruce Brown, who both got their confidence way up with, with Denver rolling there. Aaron Gordon, I should mention as well, much more involved in the offense in that Game 5 win. So I think you, you can see some of that carry over into Phoenix. And we know the Suns' role players are going to be much, much better at home, uh, which we've been harping on at, at a lot in that series as well. So I, that's why I like the over, and I think you might as well add that the Stars are going to be a big part of that. Yeah, we're in lockstep on this game. I think I, I believe in in the the differences that we've seen in this series between when it's played in Phoenix, when it's played in Denver. I, I believe in that uh, in terms of, you know, Phoenix's ability to be the team that people got so excited about when KD got there right away and they won a couple games and they looked unstoppable against a few teams in the regular season. Um, and those of us who had seen what happened in Brooklyn with the same you know level of, of, of players around KD and, and everyone's like, this is unstoppable. They're going to score 140 points a game. And it's like, well, the NBA playoffs are different uh, and you need other guys to be able to take the pressure off. Guys aren't playing 40 minutes in the regular season and, and on either side of the ball. And now they are. Uh, and there's a lot more depth and, and, and better play overall players there for, for the Nuggets. But I believe in what I've seen so far um, in terms of the, the Phoenix being able to win at home and not on the road. And, and in large part because of, you know, it's role players for sure. But um, I mean, that just kind of leads me to my second pick, which I like your pick a lot. Um, I'm just going Phoenix money line instead of, of the over there, and I'm just taking Booker's 30 points. I, I'm sure KD's probably going to get 25 as well, to be honest. Like, I have that as a bet as well in terms of all of them getting 25 and just parlaying that together, including uh, Joker in there with those two. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But for this one, like, I'm going to throw I'm going to throw Phoenix in there uh, on the money line and, and assume that we're going to get this game to game seven. Um, you know, in, in this series at home, Book right now, just to talk about him for a sec, like 41 a game in 41 minutes per game uh, at home in those two first two 38 a game and 42 minutes per game overall at home in these playoffs um, his usage rate stays pretty much the same 30 percent interestingly KD's has gone up uh, at home in the last few games up to about 34 percent taking a few more shots there but that's partly because of the way that we saw Michael Malone really throw his his doubles at you know his double teams at book a bit more than he did at KD um and that's why you know we saw those double digit assists from from book as well um but in, in a slightly higher usage rate from KD it was like get the ball out of book's hands and and that's also why not really worried if, if CP3 comes back. What you saw from, from Chris Paul, um, at least in game one where he played, you know, 30-something minutes against this this Nuggets team, was him take five threes because that was still somewhat of the game plan, maybe even more so than in, in what we saw in game four from Michael Malone's defense where, you know, he's throwing the house at those two dudes. He did it just as much hoping that Chris Paul would be the one taking a three-pointer uh, in those other games. And actually Landry Shamit being the one to shoot the threes in game four was worse for the Nuggets because he was he's a better three-point shooter than Chris Paul, especially right now at this point in their careers. So like, I, I think there's still plenty of reason to think that, you know, the, the offense is going to run through book. Um, but he, at 30 points for him still at home, he still got that despite all those double teams, right? 36 in that last game. So um, I, I'm still, there's, I, I believe in, in the, the others help for this Phoenix team enough to like continue to get them over. And I believe in the regression that we're going to get from uh, the, the, the Denver others, if you will, in this series. I mean, at this point, Denver's others in, in on the road, there's just two of them scoring in double figures versus four of them scoring in double figures at home. And that's really mostly a testament 
testament to, to KCP. Uh, and then also uh, um, Bruce Brown, who just isn't as good on the road right now. And there's something to that. I mean, there's, they're both uh, combining for about 14 points on 46% from the field, 15% from three uh, on the road right now. I mean, Aaron Gordon and, and MPJ have been pretty good on the road, um, keeping up those roughly 16 points a game against this Suns team on the road. Um, so maybe there's something to be said for that. But, um, you know, at Phoenix, this se- in general, this series, like you, you mentioned the offensive rating, 127 and a half just in the series at home for Phoenix versus the uh, what 107 or so on the road um, in this series. So I'm sorry, 102, even worse than I thought. They're scoring 98 and a half points a game in Denver. So like there's discrepancy. The shooting, much different, 63% true shooting versus 52% when they're at Denver. 11 threes at home versus seven on the road. And then 24 free throw attempts versus 15. So like all that just leads me to believe that you've got the best bet with, with if you're going to talk about book getting 30 and what are the results of this game going to be. Feel better about attacking the total with you as well over 227. But I, I do think that there's reason to believe that like even if Joker puts up 40 tonight, which I'm banking on him getting 30 at least, that like the, the, the other other players besides Jamal, who's also got 30 on the road in this series, aren't coming along enough for the ride to get them, you know, to cl- to the 128 that they might need to score tonight versus roughly like, you know, 118 or so would likely do it. But I, I see the Suns scoring 120. So really love the over. And I'm just going to throw the Phoenix money line in there to, to add to your case if anyone's interested. Yeah, I mean, I agree looking at the home road splits here for Denver and to them just not being as reliable in general. Uh, but what we have seen, I mean, that's more defensively, I guess, in my mind. So that's why I like the over even more. What we have seen is Denver just continue to attack and, and just be unstoppable on offense. And that's why both those games in Phoenix went over. That's why I lean over more than the Suns necessarily holding them off again. Uh, but I, I think you have sound logic here. And it does seem like we'll go to seven and we'll see if Denver can do it again <clears throat> at home, which they have pretty convincingly. Um, so the one thing I'm going to look at in the Celtic Sixers game, and we shied away from betting on game five, because these are wildly unpredictable teams, just from an effort standpoint, from a chemistry standpoint, everything we talked about, it sure, sure came to fruition again with the Celtics just coming out flat as hell at home, or dare I say, kind of nervous, um, uh, you know, in terms of just Embiid being unstoppable. And so I'm going to start at that point with Embiid get to get 30 plus which he has in three straight year. And I'm going to say Tatum also gets 30 plus again, and he gets eight plus rebounds. And that makes you plus 300 uh, on the parlay. And I'm not picking a winner. Uh, I'm just saying Tatum's going to go down swinging. If, if the Celtics do go down in game six, you know, he's got 30 plus in three of his last four outside the finals where he was just a dud the entire series. You know, he had 30 and 14 to, to close out Atlanta this year. He had 30 and 9 in a loss against Miami on low usage. And then, of course, that 46 and 9, uh, the best playoff performance of his career to win in Milwaukee and force a game seven. And that's kind of what the first thing that comes to mind when you think, oh, my God, the Celtics are going to bow out of this one again, but not so fast in this round last year, right? Uh, Tatum, Tatum brought them through. And he's like, so he's the only guy who's not afraid to attack the rim against Embiid, it seems like. You saw in the second half, he was the only guy still going to the basket as the Celtics just missed three after three. They get tight because Embiid is creating this unstoppable offense at the other end where, you know, that just kind of, you know, creates this avalanche where you're like, I got to hit this three. You know, the Sixers are not coming up empty because we're not guarding Embiid. Nobody is. Um, you know, he's got 32 points per game on 37% usage since he came back. He clearly... 
just needed that one warm-up game, and now he's back to MVP form. 41% usage last game out. Uh, you know, averages more free throws at home. He's averaging 13 in those three. And Tatum in the last three has come back with 29 points, 13 rebounds, which he, he does board a ton against the Sixers. And when his team was in trouble, he went up from a 31% usage rate on average to 40%, took 27 shots, got to the line, again, because he's not afraid to attack and beat. Uh, and the Celtics are just strangely kind of a better road playoff team. I mean, they're better when people doubt them. I think it's kind of a team that can't handle expectations, right? They see, that's why they're 10 and 10 in their last 20 home playoff games. Uh, cause there's this nervous energy in, in the garden because everybody thinks, you know, the Celtics have been the favorites all year. They think they're supposed to win this one. They have beaten the Sixers multiple times in the playoffs and it just starts to build with every missed three. And that's why you can't really trust them. There's so much variance. If they're going to shoot this many threes, they need to hit the threes. Uh, but what I do trust is that Tatum can get it going inside and out. And that Embiid is a walking 30-point uh, bet. So that's why I like that parlay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's juicy. You could probably dumb it down to like 25 points each. I, I have zero qualms with the rebounds for Tatum, by the way. I, I think anyway, either way you want to slice it, like go for some juice, get the 30 points. My, my thing about this game too is like, the, the numbers in Philly uh, for this series specifically a little bit different than than what we've seen at home for uh, for the, the the Celtics here like at home 113 points a game at that last game was so slow it's going faster in Boston basically is my main point we're down to about 114 uh, yeah it's, it's the total is about 219 in this game so you know it's a little bit in terms of the average uh, at, in Philly for this series the, the games are averaging about 219 points total so like over, you know, the, the 213 and a half that we have in this game, if that's going to be the case. Um, and if those two things are going to happen, by the way, like those two dudes are going to get 30, then like I'm still going to take the over in this game as well. Um, but I, I would just just add something to add to it if you wanted and, and you dumb it down, like I said, to the 25. I, I'm I'm basically doing that in a way. And I'll talk about that more in player props with those uh, two guys specifically um, as, as a part of a parlay that I like there for, for this game as well. So, you know, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm going to say go for it. Get the juice. I love everything around Tatum and the boards. I think Embiid, if he's going to get to the line 13 or 14 times is good for 30 as well he had what six five or six free throw jumpers that he used that's so wet for him you can tell every single day he's just in the gym getting the ball right at the at the free throw line off of a you know a pocket pass from James Harden the way he was last game and just same motion every single time where he's like coming all the way up from the ground that's beautiful so that's that's a layup for him at this point and I'm with you uh, on on his points as well so no qualms with it like I, I'm just going to be a little bit more of a scaredy cat and, and take it with 25 each I think yeah. but I would actually probably throw the over in there as well and maybe see how that juices it up so just some things to play with but I'm going to play around with some stuff here in the other game for the last bet that we have in our best bets video here Nate for uh, a, a couple things that happen here. Joker, Book, KD, all to get 25 points. Just the three of them. And that's minus 107 on FanDuel. And I'm very happy uh, to, to to play that without needing too much, you know, uh, too many, uh, that good of juice back on it. Like the even money, basically for me, I'm fine with it. If you want to add the over once again, which we've already made clear we like in this game um, in, in, in Phoenix, plus one, you get up to two to one on your money, basically, uh, for over for adding the over to get to 227 to those three picks I mentioned, Joker, Book, and KD, all to get 25 points. 
The only time it has not happened in this series, Joker had 24 in a sloppy, slow game two that saw like a 17, 184 total, I think, right? 97, 87 was that game. Um, and, and Joker still got the 24, uh, but by that, by the end of the fourth quarter, that thing was a little bit out of hand, even though it started close in the fourth. Um, and, and so yeah, the two, I think, what else do you want me to say about KD and Booker getting, you know, a, a combined 50 points, 25 each? Like they've got a combined 64% usage rate, uh, but between the two of them over the last two games in this series, it's it's uh, a 60% usage rate. They're taking two-thirds of the shots when they're on the floor. Even when we saw Michael Malone try to force the ball out of Book's hands in that last game uh, at, in Phoenix, still got over 30 points in that one, over 35. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, these guys know that they need to combine for 75 points uh, around there, 70 to 80 points, basically, to win this game. Even if they get 15 or 16 points from the random other that's going to score in this game, if it's Terrence Ross, or if it's obviously most likely to be um, Landry Shamit at this point, who's the beneficiary of all those open shots and getting close to 30 minutes at this point because they like his shooting. I think you'll see him back out there. So with, with all that said, like uh, the Joker stuff, like I can go into it once more, but like on the road, he knows he needs to take over. And that's what this comes down to and why I started with it was Joker needs to take over. And I, I think he's a great bet for 30 points where his prop is at. Um, but I'll just add him in 25 and not try to get cute with it and have to like get, this is more of a safer bet, to be honest, despite it being a three play parlay. Um, it's it's just taking worse odds on things that are super likely to happen that you can depend, depend on in the playoffs. Joker's usage rate on the road, 34% versus the 30% that he's, uh, where he's at at home. Still got 29 last game, even though, you know, he, he was at 4-11 in the first half of, of their, their game five win at home um, and that's why he was trying to dime up eight assists through the first like two and a half quarters of that game because of what we said where I called that correctly like when he's coming back after a big game where he loses despite scoring 40 or 50 points and at home as well you add the fact that he passes more that was a better passing opportunity for him in this one like what we saw when he scored 53 was all right, y'all aren't hitting. Jamal is doing Jamal. So I'm going to just play my two-man game with Jamal. Michael Porter Jr., if you're open, you get to shoot. Everybody else, please stop shooting KCP and Bruce Brown. Like, it's not going in for you guys on the road. So I'm going to go ahead and just take it to the hole each time via the, the two-man game with Jamal. And I think you see plenty of that tonight. I have no problem making this, like, 30 for Joker. But like I said, I'm just not going to get cute with it. Just play 25 for the three of them. Build the bankroll a little bit. And then maybe get a little bit juicier on, on other ways to find, you know, better better um, juice on your on your props here. Yeah, I like it. This is like the base bet for the other two parlays we're talking about where you get plus money, you take a little bit more risky things like the total uh, or, or you know, bigger juice like you had in your other parlay. I mean, I was the one who was scared two nights, two nights ago with taking Jokic to get 25 points. He wound up with 29, but like you were saying, yeah, he deferred more at home. He passed a lot. He only had four points in the first quarter, which we did hit on that pl player prop. Uh, because, you know, he's coming out looking to get everybody else involved and everybody else is flying around and because it's home. Again, it's home. And now in Phoenix where he just, you know, absolutely demolished DeAndre Ayton and dragged the, the Nuggets down the stretch to just keep the game close. And that's why we had overs because it was just like incredible efficiency on both sides. I definitely trust Jokic to get 25. And the other two guys, it speaks for itself. Like you said, they're taking two-thirds of the shots for their team and they're two of the most efficient scorers of all time. So... Uh, e easy, uh, good bankroll builder. 
Yeah, for sure. And and the volume for those guys is just so high. That's what we're chasing in these playoffs at this point is like, look, like we know who's going to have the ball in their hands. Are they going to make the shots? Maybe, maybe not. Al Horford was another great bet last night. He took seven threes. He just didn't make any of them. But we got to find the volume, right? You got to find uh, the, the usage there and go for it. Sorry to throw strays at your C's. Y'all aren't out of it. Don't worry. You're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sportsbooks all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call one 800 522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Let's jump right into your first NBA playoff prop for Thursday night, Nate. Yeah, I mean, we've come full circle here. If you remember game one with no Embiid, Josh wanted to take Harden under on the points. And I was like, absolutely not. He's going to come out firing. Um, if this was late series Harden, I would agree with you. And so now I'm the one taking under 20 and a half points for James Harden so in a game six. Wow. In a big spot, it does seem kind of low, but I mean, he has just wildly fluctuated in the series. He has the two 40 point outbursts. The second one just caught every analyst by surprise. They were like, that is not happening again with Joel Embiid in the lineup. Um, and it, apparently, you know, Missoula just decided, despite Jalen Brown shutting him down for two games, that he's going to put Marcus Smart on him for most of that game, and it did not go very well. But, you know, right back to more Jalen on him in game five and more importantly, just Embiid dominating the ball and Harden only took eight shots. So, I mean, he had a 27% usage rate in those game two and game three duds. And then he takes eight shots. That's an 18% usage rate in game five. So you take away those 40 point games. He's averaging 15, shooting 24% from the field in the other three games. So doesn't seem as scary. Also, I mean, eight of his 17 points came at the line and he got six three uh, free throw attempts on the Celtics, just boneheaded fouls when he's taking a crazy difficult step back. You can expect them to be more disciplined about that here. And, but I mean, so late series Harden, like I talked in the last, yesterday's show about late series, Jimmy, it is the polar opposite. When you get to the game six or seven or the last two games of a series, James Harden shrinks away. I, I mean, with Philly, 
Here's his game log. I mean, even in closing out Brooklyn without Embiid, only 17 and 11 on four for 18 shooting. Maxi closed it out. Uh, you know, the disastrous Miami series where they got eliminated last year and he just said the ball did not find him. 11 points, 14% usage in 43 minutes. Uh, the game before that, 14 points, five for 13. He did have a nice game against Toronto, 22 points, only 20% usage though in 40 minutes. The previous game, 15 points on five for 17. And then you go back to like his last one with Brooklyn where he, he gutted it out on one leg, got to 22 points because there was literally nobody else who could shoot the ball uh, besides Kevin Durant. And he had to shoot and he played 53 minutes and I think a double overtime game. So uh, as long as this one's in regulation here and, and Embiid continues to have success, I think Harden will be just fine being the facilitator um, and getting a maybe a double-double like he did with with like 17 points, 10 assists. But I'm saying he's not going to look to score that much, and and the C's are going to be able to to slow him down in that regard. I have no problem with it. I mean, I said I was fading him every game in points, right? And I've stuck to that. I've stuck to Clay, and I've stuck to LeBron. And by the way, it is slightly profitable. I mean, LeBron's very profitable. Harden's profitable in three out of five. Uh, Clay's been profitable in three out of five. So let's keep it going. That's how you do things in the playoffs at this point. It's like there's not this like oh, this guy's on this amount of rest. This team has an advantage here. This guy didn't play. Like, that ain't it anymore. It's everybody's playing as many minutes as they're needed. Um, it's just a matter of, of, of how do they perform in these situations and what can you use to determine that. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to hit the under. But interestingly, I'm actually going to talk about uh, the other bet that I have here from this game so we can keep it simp uh, simple here. But I do like Harden rebounds, and I wanted to call that before the last game because it does remain below um, his total of what he's been doing in this series, and I think there's something to take away from that. So I'm going with a parlay. I'm not just taking Harden boards. It's actually at 6.5 right now. I loved it at 5.5 for last game. It was as low as 4.5 two games ago. So like I loved taking it there, but now the juice is not there. For him to get 7 is plus money. Um, but it's a little bit scarier because he's been doing it. I, I do think there's 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 logic to it, though. So I am going to go Tatum and Embiid both to get 25 points, similar to a, a parlay that you put together for that Best Bets video where you actually like them both to get 30 points. Um, and, and I talked about how I was actually just going to take them for 25 as well and foreshadowed that for this, this player props video where both of them to get 25, Harden to get five boards, you're looking at plus 145. Neither of us have the stones to decide who's going to try to decipher who's going to win this game. Let's not do that. It's not even stones. It's like nobody has the calculus to figure that out with these two teams uh, and the way that they come into stuff inconsistently, the variance with the three-point shooting, whatever. But I think you, you can rely on these three things happening at plus 145 on DraftKings. Like I said, been wanting to take Harden boards in his last four in this series, six boards, eight boards, eight boards, ten boards in the last game. Um, and in, in just, uh, I'm sorry, eight, 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 eight. So all over the place, just eight, three in a row. But, uh, the one time he had the one board in game one, there was no Embiid in there. And that's actually partly why I think he gets those boards to a degree. I think on, uh, offense <clears throat> anyway, like he's getting some, some long shot, uh, you know, threes that, uh, misses that are coming out to him on defense. It's the same thing. A ton of threes that you're seeing from the Celtics are giving long rebounds and like to a degree, like I think Harden doesn't, sh he doesn't shy away from getting in there and mixing it up and getting boards. He shies away from, you know, scoring. And, and to a degree, I think he was doing that on purpose in this last game where he was super focused on dishing the ball um, and only took eight shots. That's his most efficient game like ever for sure in the playoffs scoring 17 points on eight field goal attempts. I don't, I think he, the last time he did that in any game, Nate was when he played for Oklahoma city, he has not taken eight shots and gotten 17 points in a game that he wasn't hurt since Oklahoma City. 
that's bananas, right? So for I think he's good to keep doing that, honestly. Like maybe he'll try to score a bit more. It's like he didn't last game, so maybe he will this game. But usually it's two games in a row that he takes off from the scoring department before he tries to go back to like a 40-point outburst like he did a few games ago. So I'm with that trend continuing for him. Um, and, and the way that the, those rebounds come out, the way that everybody is just – there's two guys trying to box out Joel Embiid for this Boston Celtics team um, you know, at, at any given moment. Uh, and P.J. Tucker's doing great work as well, but he's the other guy that they're focused on around the boards. That's why we both actually talked about Tobias Harris boards randomly at different times um, that made sense because of the way that things work out in this series and the way these two teams match up around the rim. So, um, you know, for Tatum and Embiid, like, what, what do you want me to say? The 33% usage rate for Tatum over the last two, I do see Brown deferring a ton. Like, Jalen Brown is not getting the usage. Uh, just 24% over the last two games, 27% in this series. I know I say just, even though that's, like, a good amount of shots, but, like, there's two guys that are allegedly, like, in the top 50 15 in the NBA on this squad and everybody else is much further down than that. So why is Jalen Brown deferring to guys like Marcus Smart at times? And obviously Malcolm Brogdon, who, who had an awful game five. But um, I, I think it's because in part, like that's, that is the offense. Like Tatum is supposed to have the ball in his hands to start things off and go from there. And he started attacking like crazy, uh, which, which you mentioned briefly as well uh, when you talked about Tatum, which is, which is crucial. I mean, they, they actually had a few more points in the paint in that last game. It hasn't been anywhere near the 62 they had when Joel wasn't in there, but you saw Tatum know that like, he still has to attack the rim, even if Joel's going to be in there blocking four shots and being the, you know, the defensive crazy man that he is like, you still have to go to the rim and attack him. Otherwise your three point shooting, it doesn't even matter. And for Tatum, his shooting has been woeful, right? Nine for 20, 11 for what? 11 for 27 or something last game in the 20s. So really, really bad shooting splits in this series for sure around below forties uh, and under 30% from deep. So he's attacking, and that's how he got the 13 free throw attempts last game, and I think he knows he needs to keep doing that to kind of will this team to victory, as I think they're going to continue to have some trouble shutting down Embiid, who's a walking 25, probably a walking 30 at this point uh, in this series. Yeah, so two things I would say is Jalen is not just deferring, he's getting held, and then also just getting stood up by P.J. Tucker, who does a pretty good job, you know, act of legally defending and illegally defending uh, and throws an absolute hissy fit if he gets called for a foul and then somehow doesn't get called for any more fouls. So, um, you know, good on him for that. But that does allow Tatum to operate more and continue to have that higher usage rate, part of why we like his points here. And the rebounds are good for Harden because the Celtics shoot so many threes. And what does that mean? Yeah. More long rebounds. And, and Embiid's rebounds are kind of dicey in this series, actually. Because so many of the rebounds are going way out to the guards. And Harden's a pretty good rebounding guard. He's playing 40-plus minutes. So, yeah, I, I agree with that as, as the way to attack him here. <clears throat> Maybe the rebounds and assists go over, but the points go yep. under. Let's hope. Uh, <laughs> all right. So the Celtics are such an enigma in terms of, like, their road home performance. And I think Marcus Smart kind of exemplifies that. It's like, he, you know, they love to be the underdog, which happens rarely unless they put themselves in that position. And, and Marcus Smart comes out and plays better on the road. So I'm looking at him to get over 18 and a half points or just over 13. I mean, over 13 and a half points or over 18 and a half points assists on the road in these playoffs. He's averaging 20 points per game, uh, five and a half assists. So it's a very low scoring prop, even though he just got over that despite shooting two for seven at home. He has 15 plus points in eight of his last nine road playoff games. 18 plus in seven of those. He also has four plus assists in eight of his last nine. He combined for 19 and 28 in the two at Philly. And Joe Missoula has been giving him a lot more minutes recently, 37 minutes per game in the last three of this series. 
averaging 21.7 points and assists uh, with a 21% usage rate. Not exactly that high, but you look again at the road home splits since since 2021. Averages 17 on the road in the playoffs versus 14 and a half at home. Usage rate goes up to 22%. Uh, he's plus five at on the road versus minus 10. And shoots better from three, 38% versus 32%. I expect the Celtics to shoot better as a team, equaling more assists for Smart. Um, and yeah, he's just kind of their their voice, their leader, right? And so if the, if they, if the chips are down, if, if people are doubting them, he's going to come out and at least try to be the man. I mean, talked about him taking at least 15 shots the last few games, and, and regardless of the situation. And he came out with lower usage because that was probably the discussion in game five, but I, I do think he kind of reverts back to that. Like I got this, which is what he does on the road all the time. And what he, he I mean, he can do if he gets Tyrese Maxey or James Harden on him, he should be looking to attack. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with it. I, I have a question though. Like why did Malcolm Brogdon get such a few minutes in this last game? Do you have a theory around that? Uh, I mean, he just didn't have it. And Missoula grasping at straws eventually goes to Peyton Pritchard. Like, I I, I mean, he's got options. Derek White played a lot more. Yeah, that's I just it it seems relevant to me. Like Marcus Smart's getting 33, 34 minutes. We we know that. So I'm fine with this bet and on the road as well. Yeah, I'm I'm all with it. I, I just was bringing it up because I'm like, well, Malcolm Brogdon was the guy getting 33 minutes and then Derek White played those minutes in this last game. Obviously Peyton Pritchard took a few of them in the fourth quarter. It was pretty much donezo anyway, but like that seems like a pretty big miss there to play Brogdon for 25 minutes. He was a minus five, which is way better than the minus 15 Derek White was. I know this is in part because they're all on the floor with Joel Embiid, uh, who is just owning them, you know, in the uh, 37 minutes that he played. But like, that just seems like a big miss to me. I don't think it's going to impact Marcus Smart. I, I was just thinking about it because I was like, oh, well, what if happens if Brogdon plays more? It's like, well, if Brogdon plays more, he's taking Derek White's minutes. He's not taking uh, Marcus Smart. So, like, Smart's going to be in there. Uh, and I'm, I'm with you on that pick. I just I wanted to call out Joe Missoula once more for, I don't think, great rotational play there. But uh, we'll move on to my last pick uh, and leave Coach Joe alone for now. Talking about Joker again. Getting repetitive, sorry, but like 29 and a half points for him is a good bet, and I haven't called it out straight up. Um, and that's what it started at. Over 29 and a half is what that that prop opened at for for Joker. Might see it go up a point, to be honest, before that closes. Um, so I would grab it at, at over 29 and a half. And just once again, this is what he does on the road, um, in part because his role players don't show up. This is just the math that adds up to him needing to take more shots, thus a 34% usage rate on the road versus 30% at home in these playoffs overall. Uh, 30 36, 11, and 10 on the road in these playoffs for Joker. Last three, if you want to take out a 24-point game that he had on the road versus Mini, uh, that didn't quite matter. Uh, that We're talking about 42 a game with 11 boards and 11 assists in 40 minutes. In his last three on the road, uh, a 40-point game and a 50-point game in there, plus a 36-point game in there for Joker. So uh, looking even better over those last three, in part because on the road he's taken five three-point attempts and he's getting 11 free-throw attempts as well, um, with shooting splits of 61 from the field. 57 from deep and 80% uh, from the line. Like I said, getting to the line a bit more as well in this series than when he was playing against Rudy and company shot eight threes in that last road game against Rudy and company. Um, and then, you know, has, has had done that down to about four, three or four against Aiton because he can just walk himself into the paint and get an easy floater against Deandre Aiton, who just, 
provides zero resistance to that. So, um, I, I, like I said, the, the, the main point here is he has to step up in a situation where I don't think his role players have shown that they have what it takes. KCP and Bruce Brown are combining for just 14 points uh, on the road in these playoffs. They're shooting a combined 46% from the field, 15% from three. KCP is averaging zero made threes on two attempts on the road in these playoffs right now. Uh, Brucey e. Brown just at one for four. So, like, not good stuff for them. Um, and those are, like, the, what, fourth and fifth most important guys on their team at this point. Uh, maybe you say, you know, after Aaron Gordon and, and MPJ, I would say Bruce Brown might be more important than MPJ, especially the way he's played in this series, which is fine, but it's still down around 16 points a game. And, and that's better than what he's averaged against the uh, the Suns in his career coming into this series. It was like eight and a half points a game uh, against the Suns. Uh, and he's gotten that up to about 16 a game, which is good. But it's I, we both like this game to go over. And I think Joker and, and Murray are going to combine for well over 60 for that to happen. So Joker for 30 feels like a great bet um, that they're opening this at. Yeah, I mean, you can include Murray as the guy's not necessarily playing as well on the road, or it's just, you know, more usage for Jokic, as sometimes they run inverted pick and rolls, or, you know, it's Murray feeding Jokic instead, um, uh, you know, because he is having so much success against Aiton, and I guess I disparaged Landry Shaman a little bit, who did, did, he's done a decent job on Murray uh, to a degree, right. but... What if Chris Paul comes back then uh, with with a not healthy groin? I mean, that is just to say that I think Jamal Murray and I think a lot of the Nuggets role players will be better this time around in Phoenix after really struggling. But that being said, like I like over in this game and that means the Joker is going to be 25 plus, probably 30 plus and maybe even much, much more than that, as we saw in, in the last two games of Phoenix when they needed it. That's what I think is a more likely scenario than the other. And just to defend you talking trash on Landry Shamet's defense, he had like five fouls last game. So like, how well is he really playing defense? Like he's done better than we might've thought because Landry Shamet's face looks like that of a three musketeer, but like, you know, he still did well enough. So that is all the time we have for you in this one. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along. Check out the best bets video we have up for you for Thursday night slate as well. Nate's going to be taking a little hiatus, we should tell everyone. Gone for about a week or so. Mo going to be filling in a couple times. I'll still be bringing you each uh, videos each and every day as we move forward. So until we see you next, happy betting. Up, up, up.